Hello and welcome to Victorial on Relay FM. I'm Quinn Rose. I am an art enthusiast, someone who has not gone to art school but is very excited about it anyway. And I'm Betty. I am also someone who didn't go to art school, but I'm also super excited about art. So we're going to talk about it. And today we're talking about something that was inspired by one of my favorite activities, which is going to art museums. Yay! Well, in this case, it actually wasn't an art museum specifically. This was I went to the British Museum on a family vacation and one of their special exhibits at the time was about postcards and basically they had a whole room that was set up with all these postcards and examples of different art movements and all this stuff Um, and it was actually all from the personal collection of one person which I thought was just interesting this dude has collected tens of thousands of postcards (laughs) and then the British Museum is like we could use those but I found it fascinating and I thought it was really cool to see postcards displayed out there um, properly in a museum and and treated with this like very serious respect as with any other type of art medium, um, but I had never really thought about them as art before. Um, I don't know. Do you uh, happen to collect any kind of postcards? Do you like to send postcards when you're out and about? Well, I must say I that's something that I haven't done in years. I, I, I th- I'm pretty sure I have sent postcards, but maybe like years ago when I traveled to Europe, I sent something, I think, back to my family. But other than that, like it, it does seem like it's something that's kind of went away maybe when like smartphones came around when you can just send like a snapchat or like instagram i i actually i learned a new word when you mentioned this topic i just quickly looked it up and apparently people who collect postcards are called deltiologists so <laughs> deltiology is the act of postcard collecting um but yeah i don't i don't collect any postcards and i don't even know if i have any i think when i moved and my like I moved and then my parents also moved a few years ago so they threw away a lot of things and it's possible that if we had postcards before we don't anymore which is kind of sad but maybe I should start collecting postcards oh I actually do have a postcard collection interestingly enough oh wow Hmm. So you're a deltiologist. I guess I am. Um, (laughs) But specifically, a couple years ago, I just decided to start uh, getting a postcard for everywhere that I visited. And so I have a postcard from almost everywhere I've gone for the last two or three years or so, um, and which is a, a really cool way to to sort of get a souvenir of all these places and it's a very inexpensive souvenir i mean usually postcards can are generally anywhere from like 25 cents to a dollar depending Mm -hmm. on how fancy they are for sort of the standard like location based postcard imagery (laughs) um and so so i have dozens of them i I say i don't think about those art but i use them as art weirdly enough like i um display them on my walls and it's something that I I really like being able to see like I have a world map print and so I like put them around um, because I'm very fun and basic so (laughs) but yeah but it's just funny that 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 they actually are like a part of my life I don't send them super often I um, when I first moved to Chicago I sent a bunch of my friends who live in other cities postcards from Chicago Um, but I don't tend to send them when I'm just like on vacation or something but I always get one for myself and then I put it up on the wall and then I'm like look I have a piece (laughs) of art but I was so surprised to see them like in a real art museum which is so funny. Do you have any sort of themes of like the type of postcards you collect? I try to get collage pictures so Mm. 
for example, like if I, I want to get a postcard from London, I want it to have a bunch of little pictures on it that has like the Tower of London and mm. the London Eye and the blah, blah, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. it has representation. And I try to, I, I love getting them that, that have pictures of the stuff I actually went to. And so it's like a little scrapbook memory without me having to put in any actual effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually really interesting. A thing that I kind of do, but like not consistently, is I try to get like little booklets. Like when I visit art museums when I'm in a city that I don't know, I get like booklets that like showcase their collection. Like I was at the Victoria and Albert Museum a few years ago and I got like, they had like a mini book that showed like highlights of their collection, which was kind of cool because it had stuff that I saw in there. So I guess that's kind of, and, and, but I haven't done it for like obviously every museum I go to, um, but that's like my version of like postcards where when I go to places. So when I went to this exhibit, I was like, wow, this is so exciting. And I know that museums generally sell postcards of their Mm. exhibits. And I was like, I want to get a postcard set of the postcard exhibit. Oh, yeah. They didn't have one. Oh, no, that sucks. (laughs) I was so disappointed. They had the book. So it's like they made a book out of the exhibit, which is also something that museums do quite often when they have special exhibits. And I kind of regret not buying it, actually, because I it really made an impression on me. But Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, why would they not sell? This has a little postcard set. That'd be so great. Yeah, that would be awesome. I do also find it like I interesting and I like it when museum show um I don't know if this is the right word for it but like low art like as in like not high art not like art that is um like super expensive and super elite but kind of art that's in like the everyday world and everyday life like, such as postcards and yeah it's just like it's really great to see like this other side of the like art world um that's not all about like you know money and like millions of dollars at auction but that's like a different that's like a different side that we all have access to yeah absolutely that that was one of the big themes of this exhibit was that postcards are fundamentally accessible and i just as i'm saying these words realizing the irony of this as i am talking about an exhibit that i saw on another continent that's now closed so it's like the least accessible thing possible but the book is widely available so if you're really interested there's there'll of course be links in the show notes if you want to check all that out and the nice thing is like I also feel like postcards are one of those things that you don't need to see it in person like a picture of a postcard is Mm -hmm. is fundamentally a postcard right (laughs) to to get back to the point you were making um (laughs) that was a big theme of the exhibit as, as the way that postcards have been used as sort of way to make that art more accessible, both by being used by people who were shut out of traditional art worlds. Like there were a lot of women who used postcards to sort of disseminate their art because they were kind of shut out of traditional galleries. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if people wanted to spread subversive political messages, like the, feminist movement had really strong usage of postcards yoko ono's and john lennon's anti-vietnam campaign war is over um also used postcards i find that one interesting because they also like bought billboards in times square like it was not it was a very well-funded project but like even hand in hand in that they also used these sort of grassroots like common denominator part of their movement, which I think speaks to sort of the message they were trying to send. The one, uh, the when I was reading just the synopsis of the exhibition, um, the one that really caught my attention is the one where uh, I think it's the artist Ben Vautier, where he had um, 
the address on both sides of the cards, and it's called the postman's choice. So that I guess it's up to the post office's employee to decide which address to send it to. Um, which I think it's kind of funny, and it's kind of funny how like. It's still a postcard, but it's like a double-sided postcard. Um, but did you like? Did you see that one? Like, was it? Did it just have? Did it not have a picture? Did it have just addresses on both sides? Yeah, it's just. It, I think I remember that one was just addresses, and mm. I feel like if you tried to send that, they just wouldn't send it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you don't really put return addresses on postcards either, though. So mm, it's not true. like there'd be return to sender. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know what they would do with that. Or I have to assume that probably the person looking at it would just see one side and then put it like in that bin or whatever. Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's almost like a plinket toy. You know, those things where you, you put the ball down and it hits all those nails and it goes to the, it ends up in one of the holes at the bottom. It would, maybe its path would change depending on what side the person pulled up when they looked at mm, it, you know? Right. Yeah. That would be interesting because I think it's like they they fro- they go from city to city and that would be funny if like in one post office they had it on the one side and they sent it into a bin that went to whatever sorting center and then it the other side flipped up at the next person they go oh this isn't supposed to be here and then it's just on a loop <laughs> around the world <laughs> so that would be funny <laughs> almost a fun social experiment there really if you could track it at all Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that would be cool one of the other things that artists would utilize is postcards as a medium that's really easy to alter because Mm -hmm. they're so inexpensive um, but recognizable you can do interesting plays with that medium uh there's a sculptor rachel whiteread who Mm -hmm. she was a postcard collector and she primarily works in in sculpture and she makes these Mm -hmm. like huge like room giant room size installations um, but she also would take postcards and and like punch a bunch of holes in it and, and play with space and create kind of almost these two-dimensional sculptures as this microcosm of her wider work mm-hmm. yeah I found it really interesting yeah I have um I've seen some of her work I think it was also in London when I was there um and I had heard uh, like about some of her big like sculpture sculptural like houses that she does um but it's so interesting that she also works in um or also has done these like types of like you said like a 2d sculpture thing I just realized as you were talking that these are holes because as of course I'm looking at it on a computer screen and I thought it was like painted white doll uh painted white dots for some reason and then but now that you're saying I'm like oh these are like hole punched through that like that postcard like it looks pretty cool it is a little bit like trypophobia inducing almost. yeah a little bit yeah. it's not quite like terrible enough to to hit it for me but mm-hmm. if you are really sensitive to that kind of thing warning for that picture but right yeah it is a really interesting way to to play with space so did she like punch holes and then try to send these out again or maybe she just punched holes through them and like that was that was it I don't think she was sending them. Oh, okay. And I was looking, trying to do some research on exactly like what she did with these, but because this wasn't her primary medium, information was a little hard to come by. But I did hear one record that these were postcards sent to her. Okay. That she was just like, she got it in the mail and she's like, great. And then she's (laughs) messing around with it. Mm -hmm. So the collection you saw, was it like a specific time period? Um, or was it like postcards from like from old to present day? 
So it was from the 1960s to present day. So oh, okay. not the whole history of the postcard. Another thing I never thought about is where postcards came from, but they were mm-hmm. sort of like officially invented in Austria, which I thought was funny. Oh, okay. They, the, I mean, Austria was the first country to officially publish like what we th- would think of as a postcard. And mm-hmm. then Canada officially had them in 1871 and the United States had them in 1873. Yeah, I I read um, on the uh, Smithsonian's website uh, that apparently the like predating the postcard in the U.S. there were envelopes that had pictures on them. They would send those uh, presumably with stuff in the envelopes, but they were kind of like a predecessor to postcards, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's a there's a picture in the Smithsonian website, and you can yeah, s- like it does. It looks like a postcard but then you're like whoa that's an envelope envelope. that's so weird yeah (laughs) i also found it interesting that um like just in like that history of postcards apparently um the uh apparently a pre-world war one was like this um considered this like golden age of postcards but then it kind of went downhill in terms of like the quality of postcards uh because um Basically, like the place I was producing a lot of the postcards was Germany. And then because there was like the war, German postcards became like less available. So then it the quality of postcards just declined. And also they were apparently trying to save ink. So that's kind of how white borders started to go around postcards is basically so that they don't have to print as much um, when I guess when things were tough during the war. So I found that pretty interesting, too. It's always funny to think about all of these different ways that completely unintentional things about the world and technology changes affect art. Mm -hmm. Like with this thing, you know, changes in the way that mail was sent and, and financial decisions and all these different things ended up with the postcard medium that we have today. And nobody mm-hmm. sat down and was like, we want postcards to be like this <laughs> so that they'll be like that in the year 2019 but (laughs) you get these little pieces in the ways that now they become this thing that is that has been used over the decades as like this political tool this artistic tool um all of these different things Mm -hmm. were there any other postcards that you saw in the show that you uh wanted to talk about or thought was interesting my favorite section was probably the feminist art postcards um Mm. they had some really cool interesting stuff like from the gorilla girls movement um that was a really major art group of anonymous artists who were speaking out against the exclusion of women in the art world um and so they did all of these campaigns that really leaned into sort of pop art and advertising iconography and all of these things Um, and one of the things they did was utilize postcards um as should be pretty unsurprising based on what we've talked about so far and then uh they're also included in that section was this series of postcards made by uh pauline oliveros who was actually a composer primarily but in the 1970s she produced these little series there was like four or five of them she got really frustrated by the question of why isn't there a female beethoven Because there's this prevailing idea that is still a lot of people today have this idea that there aren't great female artists in history because women are inherently less good at art. Mm-hmm. She And she wrote a bunch of uh, essays and stuff about this as well. 
And she was like, obviously, it's because the social systems did not allow women to pursue art and, and to succeed in it. So, of course, you don't have a female Beethoven. That's why. Mm-hmm. These postcards are just like pictures of her um, at different ages and stuff. But the captions say things like, Beethoven was a lesbian. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> or Bach was a mother. Brahms was a two-penny harlot. <laughs> like, <laughs> just these interesting things that... that like obviously Beethoven wasn't a lesbian but it's this Mm -hmm. really interesting subversive message that kind of catches your eye and you're like what is that but the whole message is like in another universe where like all people were equal in social systems throughout history maybe the greatest composer of all time would have been a lesbian and we have no way of knowing that Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're saying, like, reminds me of, um, like, there are so many artists throughout history, or s- probably so many female artists throughout history that were either good or, like, possibly even well known, but they've just kind of been lost to history. And what specifically you reminded me of was was this um, Dutch artist, uh, Judith Leister. And she's um, an artist from the Dutch Golden Age. But for like decades or maybe centuries her like the vast majority of her paintings were attributed to another artist Franz Hals and so um it's kind of like and we only knew or only through like studies and different experts going through the stuff in recent years did we discover a lot of those misattributed but I'm just thinking like how many more uh female artists are out there where they like where their artwork was just attributed to another artist like who knows maybe Leonardo was a lesbian or like Leonardo was a woman and um it just his paintings just got uh, or her paintings just got attributed to someone else wow and that is something I'm sure is going to come up over and over again with all sorts of different <laughs> stuff that we're talking about. For sure. Well, my, my sort of concluding thought on the Beethoven was a lesbian postcard series is Coming back to kind of what I feel like I just realized I've been mentioning over and over again is like Yoko Ono and John Lennon use postcards as part of a larger campaign, even though they were, even though they also made like this anti-war song and obviously John Lennon was primarily a musician or like they use these giant billboards, they also use postcards. And then you have the sculptor who's like primarily working in different forms and she also used postcards. You have this composer who is also using postcards to, to send a message. And I feel like there's, while there were people who primarily worked as postcards as like their chosen medium I think more often what you see is artists who work in multiple mediums or even just primarily in one particular medium like um, Oliveros as a composer who then turn to postcards as a way to express a particular visual thought or like thought that they want disseminated more widely um, in a different way and I find that one of the most fascinating things about this whole idea as postcards as art. It's almost like postcards are this other medium that artists can choose to express through yeah like a lot of whether it's like paintings or drawings or music um like artists can kind of it's it's like another outs like outside of the traditional art world medium that you can use um to kind of like more so widely spread your message or thoughts yeah like there's no one telling you you can't send a postcard right like there's absolutely no barrier to entry between you Mm -hmm. and the post office besides having access to some kind of sturdy paper Mm -hmm. and a 50 cent stamp right Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So it, it's hard to get more accessible than that. I mean, you need people's addresses, uh, I guess, if you want, really want to send them to people, but there are ways to, right. to get those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do think it, it is funny. Um, ironically, when I was thinking about this topic, I or going through online or researching this topic, I came across the most expensive postcard. Um, so obviously, like most postcards you can get for probably like, yeah, like you said, like, or like 50 cents or a dollar and then um i did read that like postcard collectors uh like who collect really old postcards those like can get more expensive like maybe people who sell them on ebay for like like five dollars or 10 or 25 but apparently the most expensive postcard uh was this one uh from 1840 that was sent by a writer called uh, Theodore Hook to himself um, and it looks like there's 12 people sitting around a, a room like a half circle table and they're writing with these huge I want to say brushes or pens uh, and then they're writing on a piece of paper like they look almost character like um, and then there's like an inkwell in the middle that says official and then on the two sides of the table one side says pe- penny and I think the other says peanuts maybe or pirates i i don't even know but anyway apparently yeah so it's apparently one of the oldest postcards um ever known and it sold for 31,758 pounds which works out to be about like $45,000 um so anyway there are like expensive more inaccessible <laughs> postcards out there but if uh, you can't afford this 31,000 pound one you can always get a five to ten dollar one <laughs> you know store-bought is fine this particular example is interesting because it seems like it's that expensive because it's believed to be the world's oldest postcard mm-hmm. which i suppose makes sense it's almost like a historical artifact more than it is an art piece mm-hmm. yeah and i read also a lot of uh, deltiologists, um, they people tend to collect like based on themes. Like some people might only collect postcards of like flags or clocks, or some people collect like only like erotic postcards. Um, but apparently, um, I read in uh, this New York Times article that apparently Halloween postcards are a lot more like rarer um so that they often like on ebay or somewhere can go for like 20 dollars or more um but i i think like that's kind of cool how um you know like an expensive postcard is only like 20 dollars because i'm thinking oh that's like a hobby that i can pick up like i can be an art collector but of postcards because i can afford that (laughs) instead of like actual art yeah, that's a fun way to think about it. And it's also, you know, they're small, but they're so much less expensive than everything else that you can buy 10 of them. And that's not even the price of one like, regular size painting or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, then you're set. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there are also these, um, like special sleeves that they use, because I guess a lot of the postcards, the people collect are really old and fragile. So they like put them in sleeves, and like put them, I guess, I don't know, in like boxes or binders. So if you want to continue your postcard um, collecting hobby, you might want to buy some of those plastic sleeves so that you can protect the edges keep them preserved Mm -hmm. one thing i also wanted to mention is that while this exhibit that i've 
referenced extensively um, is sadly no longer up. Um, There are like huge postcard exhibits that are available all online um, and specifically the postcard collection and the Museum of Fine Arts who they have somehow have a collection of like tens of thousands of postcards and it's all entirely digitized. There'll be a link in the show notes of this of course um, but if you feel like perusing the MFA postcard collection um, it is all there and there's advanced search and everything so you can get a sense of all of these different weird things um, and sort of what pieces are chosen to be kept by a museum. Hmm. I'm gonna have to peruse around that myself. (laughs) Yeah this is less of a philosophical episode and more just a (laughs) share a cool thing I saw episode. Yeah that's cool. But I think that it is fun to talk about these things that we wouldn't necessarily normally think of as art um, and be able to appreciate, you know, that postcard that you got on vacation, like that can be art, put it on your wall, look at it. Congratulations, you're an art collector. Yeah. And I think this has gotten me interested in like starting a collection myself. And I actually, now that I'm like looking through some of these MFA postcards, um, because I think they, they have like also a collection of like propaganda um, postcards I really kind of like there was a there was one time um, I saw like a propaganda war poster exhibit and I thought ooh like that would be a cool thing to collect and so maybe um, instead of that I'll collect propaganda postcards all right yeah and have a very fun propaganda collection to you (laughs) thank you (laughs) Yeah, if any of you out there have postcard collections, send us pictures. Mm-hmm. Send them to us on Twitter at PictorialPod or on Instagram also at PictorialPod. And on Twitter and Instagram, we'll be posting ourselves um, all the pictures of that exhibit that I took of my favorite postcards. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pictorial. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at ArticulationsV or you can find me on YouTube at Articulations. And you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at AspiringRobot.fm. Thanks for listening, art enthusiasts.